0: We have been, uh, over the last three Sundays, we've been going over gospel essentials, basics that we need to hear over and over again. And uh, last week we talked about salvation and uh, we understandably so didn't cover every little detail of it, but did our best to point out the issue of salvation, that it is God bringing about a rescue plan, a rescue effort, and it is uh, an A-plus rescue effort. Nothing has to be added to it, my friend. He did it there at the cross. He accomplished it. And here today, we uh, come to this very important uh, topic on the response to salvation, which is faith. 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 And we want to talk about what it is. There's a, uh, an outline in your bulletin. You can follow along. Um, hopefully that might help. And um, I want to just, before we go any further, I want to just pray right now with you. Let's pray together. Lord, we, uh, we recognize that we're like little children handling some very, very uh, weighty things. Lord, we want to give you thanks for being who you are. And Lord, we admit, we admit, Lord, that we, uh, we can be really good at belittling you and bringing you down to our size. We admit that, Lord, we confess that. And we, we want to be rather a people that exalt you and lift you up. Lord, there's no one like you. You are the holy one. You are the righteous one. And Lord, we believe. Help us in our unbelief. Open up our eyes. Open up our ears. And then help us to respond to it all by walking in faith and walking with you. We thank you and praise you for the perfect, amazing, wonderful gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. Be our teacher here. Be our guide. Show us the way, Lord. We thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. What is faith? We want to consider a couple of uh, topics here on it, or points on this. Um. I want to start with this thought, I couldn't help in in preparing, I couldn't help but remind myself of when we were able to take our children when they were little uh, to my mom's place in San Diego or other places where we were living and take them to a swimming pool and coax them to jump in. You all know about that. You all know on your your own, you know, of watching whether it was your children or somebody else's you, in, in seeing mom or dad in the pool, trying to coax them to jump in. And they were very nervous this was like a foreign field that they were looking at water. You know, they understood a bathtub or a sink or whatever, but they were afraid of jumping in until they realized that daddy would catch them. Right. And, uh. And then, you know, once you do that, you've taught them to be like, uh, you know, a new flipper, you know, a a seal jumping around. uh, And they they love it because why? They're, they're knowing that daddy will catch them. And, uh, jumping into the swimming pool for them became a very natural thing. Um, faith, uh, faith is a, on the one hand, faith is a simple concept, isn't it? But on the other hand, uh, it's one that we have a difficult time with. And um, part of that is because it gets confused in our minds and it gets counterfeited. And so point number one in your outline, um, we want to learn to identify faith. Identify faith. I've referenced 1st Timothy and 2nd Timothy references underneath that. Now, I admit we're not banking or settling in one particular passage. Um, I had a hard time, you know, figuring out that. So we're just going to kind of travel around, especially in the New Testament. But we need to identify faith. It's kind of like last week, right? Um saying here's popular opinion about salvation. Well, here's some ideas about faith that people come up with. It's important for all of us due to the fact, the need for us to identify faith, it's important for all of us due to the fact that one's eternal destination depends on it. Okay? This is not just a a churchianity thing. We're talking about one's eternal destination. And so... Um, we need to understand what true, genuine saving faith that 's what we 've come up with. Um, we 're going to label it as faith, but when you hear faith, we want to understand it 's saving faith in Jesus. And listen to these words of warning from the Word of God against those who would steer people away from true faith. That's why we've referenced 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy there under point number one. Paul gives warnings about it. It's, it's a great, great concern about not leading someone else astray from the faith. And so Paul says, In 1 Timothy chapter 1, As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain in Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor devote themselves to myths, endless genealogies, which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is, what? By faith. Okay. So he's saying, he's bringing up this idea, don't, don't let them talk about different doctrines, um, not to devote themselves to myths or endless genealogies. And that's something that holds true to our day and our churches right now. There's this warning from scripture that keeps blinking out the concern. Okay? So. We understand the warning holds true and it's critical for every church for, as 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11 says, we are not ignorant of Satan's schemes. Why do we bring that up? Well, Satan is the deceiver and he would love to lead someone astray from the true saving faith in Jesus. And he's very effective at that. Satan is a a powerful enemy, but a defeated enemy, and yet he is still deceiving the masses. The devil has always put forth a counterfeit faith in order to deceive, in order to lead people astray, and he will continue to do so as time moves along, leading people to think that they're right with God, And yet they're missing what Jesus taught and said. So it's it's just Satan being the deceiver, he's going to throw all sorts of junk at us, at believers and at unbelievers. In that sense, unbelievers, he doesn't have to do a whole lot because why? They're blinded from the truth, from the light. They're blinded. And so Satan is going to do his work, and part of that is, under number one, is popular trends, popular trends. There's another reference, Second Timothy four, three and four, um, just regarding the warnings. And we see it in many ways, um, For instance, now, regarding faith, for it, here's a, an example. a few a number of years ago, the Macy Day Thanksgiving Day, uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade had a theme and the theme was believe great. You know, Oh, all right. That's great. Until you realize that believe in Santa. Cause guess who came at the end of the, at the end of the parade, here's the turkeys coming, the big balloons. And then here's Santa coming. Well, and that's the way our culture is. Hey, it's okay. You just believe in whatever you want because you know, that's really cool. You've got a, you've got a conviction over that? Great. And see, it's a, just a wide, wide open doors. Whatever you believe is fine. The idea then is just to, and we hear this a lot, just have faith. Just believe, right? You can hear someone describe someone else as, well, that person, there's a, there's a person of faith. What does that mean? Okay. Now that might sound good to us, and it might be intended for saying, "Hey, th- you know, they are—they are a person of faith." But when it's just like it's left in a generalized way, also we understand um, faith is like uh, seen by the unbelievers as a leap in the dark, uh, a blind leap of faith. Um, why? Because faith. It, that's just a cop out isn't it aren't you just kind of doing a cop out you're not thinking you're not using your brain come on get reasonable get logical and so we you know we hear that sometimes it's it's just a blind leap it goes against reasoning but you know what of greater concern i believe for us we say here we are. We're coming to church on a regular basis. Of greater concern ought to be those that are on the television that promote the Word of Faith movement, saying that you know faith is your your power your power stick or whatever you want to call it. You, you know you just you just you know call on God and He'll do it. Now that's a, again that's something that's kind of generalized. But teachers and preachers, so-called teachers and preachers on TV, uh, boast of faith being a power that you possess to change your destiny, to bring forth great life-changing success. Didn't that sound um, attractive? If you're really in the pits, I mean, you, you, if you're in the pits, you ought to, you know, respond to that. You ought to send a check in. You ought to get their books and all that, right? Sounds really impressive. But what's it all about? It's really all about you then. You just do it, man. You know, you, you drum it up. You, you, you know, you build it up. To suggest you can rewrite your future or bring forth healing or, or whatever to people, you know, just because you have faith. You know, it's this, in a, a light, right along with it. It's the prosperity, health, wealth and success business. And that's what America and other countries that have TV going into them, right? What country doesn't? Maybe there are some, but many countries are getting this. This is, the, this is the way Christianity is. And it's all about health, wealth, and prosperity. Which I say, it's all about a myth. That's a myth. That's false teaching. And these are not examples of what the Bible declares as faith. And I want to challenge all of us here about our faith. You say you have faith. And so what we want to do is is look at the fact that there are plenty of examples of Satan's uh, category of false, deceptive forms of faith. But let's today, under number one, let's look at scriptural truths. That's what we need. And to start regarding scriptural truths let's let's define the word faith well it's a lot of times we think of it as a verb well it's a noun here it is it's 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 a persuasion it's a conviction it's it's confidence it's not just wishy-washy okay that's not the idea behind faith it's about confidence about persuasion And the verb form then would be to believe, to have faith, to put your trust in, to rely on, to depend on, those kind of things. Now, the word faith is used in many ways in the New Testament, especially like, for instance, it's used as the set of beliefs that we have, right? Here's we, we, we are of the faith. Well, that's here's the set of beliefs. And what's another word for the set of beliefs that we have? The gospel. It starts with the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? Then we also use it as, here's the Christian life. You know, here you walk by faith. It's your Christian life. You're, you're living by faith. Or it's also just the, more of a personal thing. Well, I'm trusting the Lord. I'm tra- you're, you're walking by faith. Similar things. Okay? So, um under uh, 1B, scriptural truth, you want to jot down Hebrews 11.1, 1, Hebrews 11.6, and Hebrews 12, verse 2. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is a feeling. No, what does Hebrews 11.1 1 say? Faith is the assurance. Let that word sink in. It's the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen or things unseen, okay? And that's where a lot of people just bail out because, well, it's the unseen. How can you, you know, believe in the unseen? Well, um, if we were to have uh, an electric plug over near Stephen and say, Stephen, put your finger in that electric plug. Stephen's going to be an Eagle Scout. He knows you don't do that. Right? Oh, just trust me. Right? And, and us, uh, this whole idea of faith can go haywire. Right? All over the place. We've got stuff that we don't see that we believe in. Just in a general sense of the populace of, of the world. Okay? I need air. Where's the air? The air is there. Okay? Numerous things like that. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. And without faith, Hebrews eleven verse six. Without faith, it is what impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. There's the emphasis on faith. Hebrews twelve two says this: fixing our eyes on Jesus the Author and perfecter of faith. Looking unto Jesus. Not looking unto a set of rules. Oh my goodness, we would love that, right? In fact, that's what Israel was given. Here's the rules, the law of God. Just follow the rules, just follow the law of God. And what did they find out? I can't keep it, you can't keep it, and so we needed a savior who did keep it perfectly the author and perfecter of our faith. Looking unto Jesus. Not a list of how-to in the the latest Christian book. Not a list of steps. Not some routine. Not some workout. (laughs) No. You look unto Jesus. By the way, that's what John the Baptist said, right? John the Baptist saw Jesus coming. Jesus was coming to him. And what did he say? John 129, you can write that down, that reference, John 129, where he says, Behold. What does behold mean? Hey, just take a quick look over there. Just see him out of the peripheral of your eye. No? He said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And I just love to think of that term of behold as hold it dear to your heart. Take a look and hold it dear. Behold the Lamb of God. Okay? Simply look, that's the idea. Look, there's the Savior and he died for sinners. We all, as I kind of mentioned earlier, we all exercise faith in everyday activities and events um, in very simple or maybe even complex ways. We exercise faith. It's always some object though that we have in focus. Okay, you get in your car, and you drive the freeway to Reno, and you are saying, okay, I'm staying in my lane, they're staying in theirs. There you go. There's one way of depending on, you know, here's, I'm going to depend on my car, I'm going to depend on that guy coming. Faith is exercise in that sense, okay? That's common stuff. But he says, looking unto Jesus in this Hebrews 12, verse 2, and what does he say? Looking unto Jesus, the author of, Okay, let's let this sink in. When we're talking about faith, Jesus is the author, right? And that means, the the term there means the originator, the chief lead in it, the chief example of it. Not only did he show it, he is and he brings it about. He's the author and then, the perfecter, you got to love that word, the perfecter. Um, he's the, the finisher or the completer. Philippians 1.6. And I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you, he didn't just start that at at the point of your conversion. He had already been working in you to bring you to that. It was not your idea. It was his working in you. And thus we can say, faith is a what? Faith is a gift. Do you understand that? God was working to bring conviction to your heart. And God was working to bring conviction of sin, of righteousness and judgment through His Holy Spirit. By the way, that's what uh, we understand as regeneration, right? He brought it about. And then Jesus, on top of this, Jesus says to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And just like Declan and Druan didn't choose to be born, it's not their idea. That's the picture in, in the spiritual realm, my friend. God did it. God brought it about. And it kind of sounds like, well, then I can just sit back and do nothing. Because he did it all, right? That, that, some people think that. Hey, just, hey whatever, because God brought me to salvation and God accomplished the salvation. And so sit back and whatever, live however you want to live, right? No, not at all. Walk in obedience, the obedience of faith. That's the idea with it. So, faith is a gift from God. Okay. Um, he's still, by the way, for those who have not yet come to faith in Christ, maybe you don't know about the gospel, maybe you're thinking something else about it and that it's up to you to attain or whatever, to please God. Listen, God's still calling you to respond to what he's done. He's still calling you to have faith in him. There's been conviction of sin in your life. And a lot of times, I know, back when I heard the gospel message, I was stiff-arming it. I was saying, Ugh, that's weird. I Oh, no, no. And see, we we want to feel good about ourselves—that I have accomplished this or whatever—and God looks at me and says, "Oh, you're really good." I'm glad to hear what Patty said about our students. You know, you, you know, it's so good to see good reports. And, but you know, our students need to understand, just like everyone needs to understand, we're lost without a Savior. Even in our in our um, added up goodness that we all throw together and put together, we're still falling short of the glory of God. So, God's still calling you to come, to respond. You are called to come. You are called to believe. And so the second point, we say, let's identify true faith. Second point, let's activate faith. That's the idea, activate faith. Apply it to your life. Letter A, why? To become a child of God. You are created by God, but yet you need to become a child of God. Let's turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 in your Bible. Here's the nature of true saving faith. Where Jesus is the one called Lord and Savior, Paul has uh, this emphasis going on about in verse one, chapter ten of Romans. My heart's desire and prayer to God is for the the my, his brethren to be saved, his Israelite brethren to be saved, and he um, he mentions down in in. Uh, Let's look at verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Okay? Christ accomplished it. He's the end of the law. You can't add anything to it. He he performed it. He obeyed perfect life. Verse 5. For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on law, shall live by that righteousness. But the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. Don't say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? Verse 7, or don't say who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring up Christ from the dead. In other words, the idea is what I understand is you're not, you know, it's not the intention for you to bring about some miraculous effort. Okay? Paul is quoting from the Old Testament, and then notice what he says. He's, and by the way, back up in in, um, verse 6, there's, if you were to research it, he's not quoting directly. Word for word, he's he's kind of taken it into understanding from the idea of Israel being rescued and crossing the Red Sea. And here, Paul takes it into ascending into heaven. And who will descend into the abyss? But what does it say? Verse 8, the word is near you. The message is there. What God has done, what He's done, what He's communicated, it's here in the Word. Here's the nature then of true saving faith. Look at verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness and with the mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation. Okay? So, here's, here's the issues at hand. What happens from the heart and out of the mouth? <laughs> Saving faith is the idea of relying on the truth. The word is near you. Here it is. The message is there. Respond to that truth. Not some ethereal idea of, well, this is my idea of faith and I came up with it. No, it's based on truth. So saving faith is expressed from the mouth. Confess, confess with your mouth, say the same thing that God says. What is that? Jesus as. As Lord. Now, how does that affect you? interesting thought very deep important thought jesus is lord you're are you supposed to just say the words no it's supposed to have meaning and significance right supposed to be the the very issue of your the core of your heart that's why he says then believe in your heart what's the heart folks you know in students young children it's not your pumping muscle It's the core of your being. And what we're saying at the core of my being, at the core of your being, Jesus is Lord. Okay? And what else? That God, what? Raised Him from the dead. So the resurrection is at the center of this faith. You must have the resurrection understood there that Jesus rose up from the grave. It's not about... Saying, oh, I love Jesus and just, you know, do your best. No, it's about the fact that we can put our faith in an act of God. Here's the truth. Okay? The truth about God. And that's where people go off. And they say, well, I can't believe in, in the fact that, you know, Jesus... They, they, you know, the disciples just took his body and hid it. I mean, had had you been there at Calvary, you would have said something similar because there's no way that guy could still be alive. The The beating that he took, look at what they did to him. He's dead. And the third day, he rose again because of God, not because of a myth, not because of some story that the disciples wanted to put together. And the enemy wanted to go figure, oh, we got to go find this guy. Let's find his body. And they couldn't. In fact, the Bible says in First Corinthians chapter 15, there were, he, he appeared to these guys, these guys, and, and the 500. You want to go talk about it? Go to those guys. They're eyewitnesses. Now, the Bible is not some Looney tune kind of thing. I, I understand that people figure that you know some of these stories can't just can't happen. Well, in our realm, you're right. They, it's a miracle, you know, the donkey talking, the 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 fish, the the great fish swallowing Jonah. I mean, you, you add into it, you know, all sorts of weird stuff. But that's a deflection of the issue. Yes, we believe that's true. Why God worked in his miraculous, wonderful way to accomplish those things. And yet the issue still comes down to you are a sinner. You need a savior. Jesus is the only one who claims that and backs it up with evidence. And that's the idea, you know, with faith. It's not just, you know, a dreamy thing. It's there's evidence that we put our faith in evidence found in the Bible. Okay, so he's saying, confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And what the result is you shall be saved. And at this juncture, remember what Jesus said to Nicodemus, right? We said earlier, you must be born again. But he also then went on to say in John chapter three, Verse 14, where he says this. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes will in him, Jesus, have eternal life. We're familiar with those words, but let's remember the concept behind that illustration from the Old Testament. What was it? They were bitten by a snake. They had complained. Snakes came. They got bit. And what were they to do? They were to look. They were to look at the bronze serpent at the top of that pole. What was the point of that? Why not, you know, say some whatever, go through some gyration or whatever? They didn't know. Look. Look. And that starts this idea of what New Testament teaches. Look. Look to Jesus. Okay? Look. That you will look unto Jesus who went to the cross for you and accomplished what you could never have accomplished. And that is to die and pay for the sins of the world. Okay, so you apply faith to become a child of God. And there's many other passages that you can consider. But then the next one, letter B. To apply faith or activate faith to grow as a Christian, as a child of God. To grow it, it's not just to say, oh, I'm a child of God and I'm going to heaven. No, it's to grow in the faith. And this is a concern for us here in our congregation. You know, understanding faith at its core is a gift from God and understanding that faith is something that you don't just leave back, oh, I, I exercise faith and I became a Christian. No, that you walk in faith in your life. That everything... that you experience is here's the response you want to have a response of faith second corinthians 5 7 it's listed there on your on your outline on the back of your outline we're to grow as a child of god second corinthians 5 7 says for we walk by faith not by sight um, no one who is dead can walk Got that? Spiritually, without Christ, you are. Say it, dead. You need to recognize. Okay, I put faith in Christ. He's he. Uh, you know, however, we say that I'm a, I'm a believer. So now walk by faith, and we walk by faith. Faith continues, not just in salvation of of being justified, but salvation in being sanctified, we carry on walking by faith, resting in what he's done, confidence in what he's done, relying on him all throughout our lives. This is the design of, listen, this is the design of saving faith. <laughs> and it's not something we chop up into, here's this side of faith or that, but there's a a, a beautiful spectrum of faith, just like a one diamond. And here's the, the spectrum of it. And we want to understand in this regard, second Corinthians five, seven is like a living faith, living, walking faith. Galatians two twenty, um, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet. Not I, but Christ liveth in me and the life that I now live. I live by Feelings. Feelings. Nothing. Oh, no, sorry. No, it's walk by faith. That's not feelings. We walk by faith, not by sight. So it's in evidence, folks. It's in knowledge of the Word of God. We take that and say, let's walk by faith. Okay? Faith does not walk, move about, live by way of feelings. And that's a concern that we ought all to have that too many get to go and buy our feelings. And we mix it in real nice with everybody with everything about the Christian life. Hey, it's, it's okay. You, you have a gut feeling about that? Where did Jesus say that? Okay? Listen, faith is developed... From what? Reading the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Faith is also developed for the believer through tests and trials and difficulties. Like it or lump it. You well, know, that's the way it is. And this, my friend, listen. This is very important. Jesus continued to counsel His disciples with basically one question. Remember? Where is your faith? Where is your faith? They had a problem. They couldn't heal so-and-so, and Jesus basically came back and said, where is your faith? Oh, faithless generation. And so, my friend, you want to have faith, you say you have faith, and we need to go by, here's the words of God the Word of God and the words of Jesus. Okay? Not just some idea. Now, I, I get it. Listen. Um, faith is, has a subjectivity to it. Right? There's some subjective kind of sense to it. But predominantly, it's objective based on truth of God. That's what we grow in. Okay? So, faith comes from God and faith is grown by being in His Word. Okay? The Bible emphasizes faith as your response, as my response to what God's doing in our lives. What He, uh, what he accomplished, okay? His death and resurrection. So, the vehicle, listen, the vehicle is, of faith brought about my justification in the same, it's the same as the vehicle to keep me living for Jesus in this life. Then, we've got to move quickly here. The next one, under 2B, we said the first one, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 is living faith. James two fourteen is working faith, right? Working faith. You know, faith, true saving faith ought to result in here's uh, here's the works. Here's the works. And and you look that up, James 2, 14, then the, the whole letter of first John, the whole letter of first John is the idea of tests for determining if a person's a true child of God. So here's securing faith, securing faith in the letter of first John. Then I want you to look at 1 John chapter 4. Turn there. 1 John chapter 4. Starting at verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world, and by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist of which you have heard that it is coming and is now already in the world. And this is the importance of maturing in the faith so that you can then have a discerning faith. Not everything that says they're a church is a church. Not everything that says they're a Christian is Christian. D- be discerning in this first john chapter four then romans back to romans 10 14 and 15 is really a sharing faith or a witnessing faith because we have come to salvation in christ we become a child of god there ought to be the sharing of that faith with other people it's not just for the the really uh like uh, monty being the talkative kind no no it's for believers for the family of god that you're sharing your faith in one way or another, pointing to the gospel and the evidence of Jesus found in his word. Okay? So, um, we have uh, this... I'm sorry, this is so... Um, it's just such a full uh, plate here, if you will, of issues and points... Um, the idea of what faith is that our third point and final well before I give you that to you jot down Romans 4:18 through 21 specifically that really Romans the whole <laughs> the whole book of Romans on faith but Romans 4:18 through 21 is about believing God and be growing stronger in faith and oh by the way at age 100 Abraham Listed as a an example of, of growing strong in faith. And there he is at age one hundred. What's happening with you? Are you growing strong in faith? Are you giving glory to God? Not just in the big events of life, but in all events of life. That's the idea of saving faith. And then finally, point number three, just fill in the blank. Examine yourselves. Second Corinthians 13 verse 5 says, test yourselves to see if, if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. It says it twice for an emphasis. Test yourselves. Examine yourselves. And like I said last week, there's a lot of false stuff out there about, you know, oh, I, I, I walked forward. I, I wrote on a prayer card and I became a Christian. That might not be true. And you and I, we can deceive ourselves. We want to be on the rock. Build on the rock. Build faith on the rock. And that's what God does is He's the one. He's the one molding and shaping. Examine yourselves. And the best way to do that is with the searchlight of God's Word. Okay? All right. All right. There, there is a lot more to be said about faith. And we're going to shift gears now to our communion time. If you have questions or comments I, about like last week or this week, please come and see me, you know, talk to me. Um, I end up getting, I, I realize I get rushed in things and uh, I'd like to be of help if if there's need. I... One of the things that I want to emphasize again is that um, if you look at your own life, you look in the mirror and evaluate your own life, and you recognize that it, it just feels like your life is a mess. Um, you know, there's not uh, the only special book is the Bible. That's it. This is what you need to dive into more and and learn to grow in faith. Respond in faith. And again, the more you're doing that based on the truths of the Word, the more you can see here's, I know God's blessing is on my life now. I know that. I'm just, I'm trusting Him. Okay? I'd like to have the